Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the North Bros Outdoors Podcast. I am Nick Beto, and I am joined in the studio with Brandon Wixo, reoccurring guest. It's been a while. A couple months. I think the last time that you were on was when we were discussing your day of hunting when you took your mule deer with both a bow and a rifle. That is correct. And that was episode, like, I don't know, back in the 20s. But it's, that, been, it's been a minute. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, we actually have a lot to talk about today because Wixo here has not been on um, since the end of hunting season. I think he was on our very first uh, BS session regarding ice fishing. So I guess we can jump right into it. Um, do you want to... S- no, we probably shouldn't start with Devil's Lake because that was later on. What? It was a couple, minutes, a couple weeks in. How did your... How did your season start? First year fishing out of the, the glacier. First year at the glacier, first year ice fishing in, I don't know, four or five years. Um, in my defense, I tried getting you into it back in high school, and it kind of worked. Yeah. And then you bought a Markham, and I didn't want to fish with you anymore, and then you sold all your stuff, and then... Well, years... I, bought a, I bought a boat, and it got really hard to sit out in the cold. Well, I was going to say, now you are sitting in the cold, but you're you're mm, not, but you not are. Not really. So how did your, how did your, well, first of all, I don't even think we've touched on your, your glacier and why you ended up getting your glacier and what kind it is and why you chose the kind that you did. I think we talked a little bit about it for hunting because I used it for that, but I got a 2022 Glacier RV EXP, what, 18 foot toy hauler. So the basically, the it's EXP a, is Explorer, correct? Yes, it's their uh, basically their camper style. So it comes with the air conditioner, and you can get it with or without the bathroom and everything like that. And then mine is also the toy hauler version, so we can put kayaks in there. Hopefully, one day a four wheeler, motorcycle, whatever, dog kennels easily. And we'll get into this when we touch on your Devil's Lake trip. But you can also fit several uh, other portable fish houses turns out you can fit a four-wheeler and the portable that gets left from your left behind by the group you're with we'll we'll get into that when we touch on on wixo's portion at devil's lake because he never did make it on the podcast while we were in devil's lake so when when did your season start did you because you picked up a portable as well yeah i picked up the portable in the fall didn't use it until i actually brought the house out because Still didn't want to get, to get out in the cold yet, but um, I got the house out. Oh, would have been. Up, what'd you pick up for a portable? It's the Clam Nanook Jason Mitchell series. It's two person, full thermal, full thermal. Yep, it's and you got just, the new pole system. Yep, that was introduced this year, which is really nice. Yeah, I've, it's the only one I've had, so it's the best one I've had, I guess. <laughs> But I picked that up in the fall so I could run around with the house if the house wasn't on fish or wanted to try different spots. So that thing's been pretty good. But um, I didn't didn't take it out because I didn't want to walk it anywhere until I took the big house out and then I got to use a four-wheeler that's and, in the family. And you were fishing Fergus Falls, Detroit Lakes area? Mostly in- the Detroit Lakes area, yep. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit farther north. Yep. And that's around the same area that I've done most of my fishing this year as well. Yeah, it was, uh, I think I got it out towards the beginning of December. We had quite a bit of ice on the lake that I, I set it on originally. It's a lake with no no springs, no inlets or outlets, so the ice, and it's a fairly shallow lake. So it builds ice pretty quickly, and it's usually pretty good ice right away. So I got that out early December. Got to use both of them for a few weekends before making any trips. The fishing was good, not great. Caught everything in the lake, but just not a lot of it. So it's it's good getting back into everything, though. What were you catching as far as species wise? Did you did you uh, have to move around to find different things, or was it kind of like some of the lakes we fish where you you sit down and everything just rolls everything's and... in the same spot? I caught we caught a lot of uh, smaller pike that. 20 to 24 inch, uh, a couple of walleyes, a couple of small ones, actually one pretty nice one. Both of the walleyes in the first weekend were 
1130 at night while watching a movie. So that was kind of cool. Get them on the old uh, rattle reels. Yeah, it's always fun when those things start making noise. Have you had it yet where you uh, you have consumed too many beverages to care if the rattle reels go off? I have not had that happen yet. Because I remember it was last season, Jacob and I, then Caitlin and Anna went up to Lake uh, Winnebagoshi, and we went up to the bar, got back to the house, put the rattle reels down, and it was like one thirty in the morning, and the rattle reels are screaming, and we're just rolling over and putting the pillows over our heads because we don't <laughs> don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I haven't got that lucky yet. Uh, the only I've only had a couple of them come through at night, uh, and only two fish that I've caught while I wasn't actively jigging in a different hole or trying to catch fish. So uh, it's been fairly slow, but a lot of it's just learning learning where to set the house, learning where the fish are in the winter, trying to find fish again. You know, it's it's a lot different from the summer, so. Well, we were, you and I went out this last weekend, and we'll, we'll t- touch on that. We've actually been out a couple times. I think we've been out three or four five times even maybe together yeah that's a few but we were discussing that it that this upcoming uh 2023 open water season it's going to be nice to utilize your boat and kind of go out and, and find these mid-lake humps and mark some spots maybe find some structure with the, the side scan and down imaging and stuff like that and use that for the the 2024 or 2023 2024 ice season yeah i've obviously used it to fish a lot of different things out of the boat but a lot of times i i'll mark it and i'll either delete it or i won't name it because i'll just go back to it with the boat and i can see what it is but it'll be interesting next year when it comes around i'll have a lot of these sparks spots marked out a bit better and hopefully we can find fish faster figure out where to go how do you name them? You can name because me and you. I both, just changed the icon. We both run uh, Hummingbird. You you can is can you do that on the G two? I believe so. I'll Don't look quote into me. that because I just I have the same thing. I have waypoints and it just says waypoint fifty seven. Well, I have no idea if there's weeds, rocks, sand. Like I have no idea what's down there. And another tool. Speaking of our our electronics a little bit. I know we, we've been into that before, but the camera is very, That's very, my favorite part. very helpful to not only see if any fish are down there, because that obviously that's what the main reason people buy them for, but you can also find structure. You can find, you know, well, structure really. I mean, you look for weed lines, you look for rocks, you look for, for different things like that. But I don't know if you've, I haven't gone as far as going to a spot Drilling a hole, dropping the camera down, don't see nothing, and move. I don't. I don't know if you take it that far. No, I. It's not necessarily fish. A lot of times, I will drill a hole or drill a few holes, drop the camera down, and if it's just flat sand, mud, nothing, and that's not what I'm trying to fish, then I'll move on from there. But it's not. You know, if I don't see a fish, I won't necessarily leave the spot. A lot of times, it's. I'll be fishing weed lines, so we'll drill a few holes and try to find an opening in the weeds and then set up the house over that opening so we're not either fishing way outside the weed line or just in a nasty clump that it doesn't matter. Our baits are never going to be seen either way. I'm trying to think, when when was the first time that you and I went out fishing, ice fishing together this year? It had to have been after Christmas. Was it even before Devil's Lake? Or was was Devil's Lake the first time that we went out together? Might have been. Well, if you don't have any anything else before your Devil's Lake trip, why don't you... Well, again, like we said earlier, uh, Wixo didn't... He was in Devil's Lake, but he never made it on the podcast because we did the recordings of the podcast in the VRBO and Wixo stayed out on the lake in his glacier... So what, uh, yeah, I guess just like everybody else, how, how was your Devil's Lake trip this year? So uh, I pulled the house up there, went out of Woodland Resort. That was far too convenient to do anything else. I will for sure be doing, doing that again. Um, I think it was $150. They plowed you a spot. You got to use their facilities. They'd help you out if any issues came up, anything like that. You know, and I don't know 
we none of us had well jacob had a wheelhouse last year but that wasn't an option i don't know if that was new this year but that's an awesome deal that they have yeah like like you said 150 bucks you get access to their cleaning station their bathrooms their showers and they plow up to 100 yards off yeah, the established they'll do, trail they'll do up to 100 yards you can kind of pick I wasn't too choosy because we had the sled house and the four-wheeler up there anyway, so that's kind of what we were going to use to get around more so than fishing out of the house. It was it was really just a place to stay. But, um, yeah, you're already paying $20 a night, so, you know, $100, $150 versus $60, yeah, it's a little more. But on a snow year like this, as a guy without uh, a snow plow or a plow truck, I wasn't going to bring a shovel. So for them to do that, plus if anything goes wrong, the resort's there to help you. Uh, bathrooms on site, fish cleaning station. It was uh, definitely something we'll do again. Plus the people that were working there were awesome, and it was uh, it was all very easy to deal with. Yeah, so toss in a nice little plug there for, for Woodland Resort on Devil's Lake. If, if you, we've said it before, if you, if you were going up there, you've been up there before, stayed somewhere else, definitely give Woodland a shot. They have never... This was our third year in a row as North Bros going up there, and they have never once led us in the wrong direction, or you know, we've never had any issues with them. They're a great group of people that run that place, and we will definitely be back. Yeah. So, going from not having an ice house to jumping right into the glacier with the toy hauler, your... You made a comment to me uh, the other day because you had you brought that four wheeler to Devil's Lake, yes. which actually worked a lot better than I thought because the the first couple of days we were out there, we a couple of us had snowmobiles. One guy had a Ranger with tracks, and the other guys there was a couple just regular four wheelers without tracks. And after you used that, that was the first time I think you made a comment to me. You're like, "Yep, I'm definitely going to be trying to pick one of these up." Yeah. So. I I used to ice fish a lot before I had the boat. Uh, it was a lot of walking, a lot, you know, when when ice was good, you could drive. All I had was a car, so if, if I could get my car down the launch, I could get out on the ice and drive that around a little bit for uh, some of the lakes that I plow roads. But after fishing most of this year with either a four-wheeler, somebody with a snowmobile, or, or various ways to get around machinery to get your stuff around, it is a totally different game than putting everything in a sled and walking. Yeah, that's why I say there's uh, people that ask me if I'm going, you know, wh- where I'm going fishing. And, and I always say I fish North Dakota early ice when I have to walk out because I know all the, the little sloughs and stuff around the area that we're at. And then once I can drive the snowmobile or the Razor or the four, once I can drive on Minnesota lakes, I go to Minnesota and the only time I'll come back before Minnesota closes is that Devil's Lake weekend. And I picked up a snowmobile. Uh, I think I had it all of last year. I picked it up the year before and it total game changer. Oh, for sure. I mean this, this year when we were out there, when, when we saw the in-depth outdoors crew, um, Excuse me. They were set up on top of uh, about, I don't know, what would you say, six inches of slush? Oh, at, at least. And their video actually is, is finally up. Me and Wixo here were watching that before we started this podcast. Um, but yeah, that snowmobile, I mean, I think I paid 3500 bucks for it, and now the exact same machine, the same year and everything, is six grand. It, it, and I don't know if that's ever going to come back down or, or what's going on there, but... Back to your Devil's Lake trip. So when we were leaving, we, we went up on a Thursday, came back on a Sunday. We had to leave Sunday morning because we had to get Nashville back to the airport. When we were leaving, you guys... Yeah, we didn't have anything Sunday. So we, we were going to stay Sunday. Depending on how the fishing went, we'd either leave when we had a limit or we would stay till that evening bite and then make a plan from there. But we ended up... We ended up staying for the evening bite. It was actually one of the best bites. So we got there Friday afternoon. The Friday after the Friday evening bite was pretty hot, and then the Sunday evening bite was also pretty hot. It was good in between, but 
It was a lot of uh, a lot of the eaters and smaller. Still haven't been able to figure out size on that lake. Yeah, it seems like every time we go up there, we we always find them. And and this year we found them. Um, well, mainly walleyes and perch. We did catch a few pike, but for us, it seems like when you know you have to look for them a little bit. This year we we it didn't have to look pretty for them. fast. We we went to. One of the spots that we've been to before, which I believe was mentioned in a previous episode, uh, but we sat up on this point and it was immediate. I mean, and, and we went back there all three days and never, I think Saturday was a little bit slow for us. A little bit. But we still caught fish and we still kept fish. But, so once we left, we, we leave at, I don't know, 10, 10.30, whenever we had to get back to, to, to get Nashville to the airport. Yeah, so as they were leaving, my they the guys had been storing snowmobiles and houses just by my house so they didn't have to drag them back up to the house every time. By his wheelhouse. Yep, by my so everything was most of their stuff was out on the ice at all times. Just made for less work. So, as these guys are packing up, they're all packing up. We're all sitting on this point. Those guys are packing up and I hear one of them say, "Do we need to stop back by the wheelhouse and check for anything?" Someone else goes, nope, we're good. We got that, everything. That someone was me. Yeah, we got everything. I said, nope, I think we're good. Everybody came out. We've we've got everything that we need. Yeah, so off they go. Mind you, they probably went close to the road, which goes right past my wheelhouse. Oh, we were on the road. Yeah. We which, we were on the road probably 20 yards from Yeah, so you went right by it. In my defense, it was behind it. By nope, the- very visible. Okay, well, I'm trying to stick up for myself. Nope, not even. So I went back around, I don't know, sometime in the it's afternoon. It's like 4 o'clock. Yeah. 3.30, 4 o'clock, because I was, I was actually here in my apartment when my phone rang. Yeah, I went back to, I think I was grabbing some food and check. Uh, I don't even know what I was doing. I'm pretty sure I was just going back to grab some food. But as I was driving back, I got close enough where I could see the house. Now I'm 200 yards away, and there's very obviously... A sled house behind my wheelhouse so i'm like well either somebody left it or somebody else who wasn't with us dropped off wheelhouse thinking it was somebody else's house so i called nick asked him if anybody forgot anything and he told me no so i thought i got a free sled house yeah he calls me he's like hey uh did one of you guys leave a fish house here an otter fish house and i'm like no, we don't. None of us have otters. We all have clams. And Wixel goes, "Oh, uh, are you sure? Because this one's—it's got an otter cover, but it's blue, gray, and black." And then it clicked with me. I was like, "Ah, crap! Yeah, that—that uh, that is one of ours. It's—it's it's cameraman Cubby's house that he bought an otter cover for." And then I'm thinking, I'm like, "How did we just load up? We loaded everything up the way it was when we came." And we get all the way back to Fargo, which is a, what, two and a half? Two three, and a half hour drive. Three hour drive, somewhere in there. And we didn't realize that, hey, we had a little bit more room when we when we packed everything up. You know, I did. I do think somebody said, hey, there seems to be a lot of room in here. That was brought up when we were loading up. Like, God, it seems like we're, we're, we got more room. And the reason that we, we thought that is because the night before we left is when they had that propane incident with that other house. And that other house was on my trailer now instead of in the enclosed trailer. So we had more room, and then once I get back to Fargo, like I said, two out, two and a half, three hours away, I get the phone call that, uh, hey, you left one of your houses here, which I usually don't do that. I'm usually pretty good about remembering. Like, I always see the posts of people on different fishing pages where they're like, hey, this lake, this access, I left my rod box, or my, you know, I've never done anything like that. I can't say that anymore because nope. we left, and it wasn't even my house. I had my house, but it was part of the group, and I kind of... I kind of take that, you know, I, the it's leader, the leader. Captain Nick ro- was yeah. on that one. Yeah, and I, I, I even said, I said, no, nope, we don't need to go back. We got everything. Luckily, you bought that toy hauler. Yes, the, the toy hauler came in very handy because I had my sled house, which was in the back of my pickup. And when I hook up my wheelhouse to my truck, I can't leave the tailgate down. I don't know about those otters. They seem pretty big. I don't know if you can close a short box tailgate you know that's a good question i don't because mine i've got the clam x 200 and i can't 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I would even fit in my. I have to lift it up and prop it on the tailgate because it won't fit underneath the tonneau cover. Let alone with the tailgate closing, it's not. Yeah, I don't think it would have fit with the tailgate closing. So mine goes in in the back of my truck because it's what I use to carry all my stuff back and forth to the lake. So I have most of it with me. So that was in there. We put the wheeler in the sled house. Now I told him we'll bring it back, no problem, because I figured there'd be more room. It barely fit. It fits sideways when you lift it and wedge it between the seats in the back behind the four-wheeler. And when he says barely fit, I'm pretty sure you said it. the ramp closed by, what, two inches? Yeah, well, the ramp the ramp wasn't the issue. It was the uh, in the back of the house, the seats fold up where basically your, your dinette is. The sled was touching the folded-up seats on both sides. I had to lift it to get it to wedge in between the two seats. She was tight. I was very appreciative of the toy hauler. But for anybody wondering, you can fit an otter sled. Well, it's a clam sled. You can fit it. I think it's the old style Dave Gens, but it's just your 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 middle of the road two man sled. Not the not as small as the Nanook, but not as big as the the X two hundred. So you can fit a fairly good size sled behind a four wheeler in the Glacier eighteen foot toy hauler for the one person that's going to hear this and be wondering that question well with you saying that well first of all thanks for bringing my house back yep (laughs) um why don't we 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 haven't done i haven't asked you any questions actually i don't think i've ever asked you any of these questions and i am i'm currently looking for a wheelhouse so this is kind of things that that i've been running through my head but in your scenario you know in yours you have the rubber floor Yes. You have the electric drop-down bunk in the back. Correct. You have, when you walk in the door, you don't have the love seat. No, I don't. Did um, you customize that, or what, what were you kind of thinking it, when you went into it? Did, did, did you just find that one and think, oh, hey, this will work? Or did you actually custom it, customize it and order it? So I did not customize. I didn't custom order th- anything. It It was how it is when I bought it. Uh, I believe you got, the a, only... you got a shout out for the dealership you bought it from. As soon as I remember their name, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, I, I don't know. Good people. I'll I'll find the name. We'll we'll figure it out. But um, I didn't I didn't custom anything. I believe the only things added was the TV was an option that comes pretty much standard on most of them. Um, I have cupboards around my TV which I believe was an option, and then my twin bed bunk on the wall was also an option that the the, uh, the dealership added, which I'm glad they did because uh, they should pretty much put that on all of them. Otherwise, you're just looking at an empty wall. It, there's no windows. What did, they, what did they add? Sorry, I missed that. So when you walk in the front door, right the wall right across from you, I have a twin bed bunk that is higher up on the wall that folds up against the wall. That is an option that the dealership put on. Otherwise, it's just empty wall space, which if you wanted to hang stuff, that'd be good. But I'd like to but look at it. limit you to two beds. Yes. So I was. I like to look at it as the more space you, the more people you can get in, the better times you can have. So I have uh, three beds. It'll sleep five with if you don't put rattle reels down at night, you could easily fit two, maybe even three cots, depending on how you did it. So you can you can sleep a lot if you try hard. There is a set of cots that we have for our property that we go to in the summertime. Uh, they're called disco bunks. They're like military grade. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Cots, I'm, but I'm they're bunk beds. Pretty sure we had those when I went out to Montana to do a, do a hunting trip. That worked well. So if you did one of those, you could easily sleep two more you might even be able to get two of them side by side i'd be interested to take some measurements and you could really pack that house full of people if you wanted are, did you say your bed are they full or queen size um they're camper queens so it's it's smaller than a normal queen but bigger than a full yes it, it's about as long it, it might be a, a touch shorter i think the length is about the same but you lose about four to six inches on the width depending on the most campers you'll find are weird sizes to fit whatever they have in there, but it fits two people very comfortably. 
the mattresses are terrible. Definitely get a topper. And you had that, you, as we said, you brought that to Devil's Lake because you saved my ass by bringing my house back to, to Fargo for me. Um, and you had Tyler, your brother-in-law. Yep. Give him a shout out. Did you talk to him? He went to Lee, or, uh, uh, Lake of the Woods this weekend. I have not talked to him. He would have got back what, last night. He'd be a good one. We should have him on. You think he'd do it? Yeah, if he's in town, yeah. We, de- we definitely got to gotta plan that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the beds, what, if I were to ask you, cause I have a favorite part about your house, but do you have a favorite part about your yes, house? Yes. The air conditioning. Ooh, that's the, not, that's the a, reason we bought it. Um, we, we being me and my fiance camp quite a bit and we have tent camp since we've known each other. Uh, I am starting to not like the heat. I don't enjoy it. Plus, so we have doesn't t- like the cold. He yeah. doesn't like the heat. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm doing up here. <laughs> uh, we also have two dogs, so when we want to go do something, we either have to not bring the dogs, which is never an option, or we have to figure out something to do. And if you've ever been camping up here in the middle of summer, it gets pretty warm. It's tough to just leave dogs in a kennel, so... We, we decided to start looking at campers. Well, I do a lot of hunting and fishing, so I suggest that we look at ice houses because we can get 12 seasons out of it. We could take it to go snowboarding, take it, you know, really extend your seasons, even if you didn't ice fish. My, my initial intentions were never to ice fish. They were just to be able to extend our camping seasons. I could use it in the fall to go hunting. Uh, things like that. So my my favorite part is in the summer camping, we have air conditioning. I feel like what I'm about to say, you're going to say that's either tied with the air conditioning or right behind it. The hydraulics. Yeah, that's pretty big. Because every time we've gone out with that house, I think three times this year, even on Devil's Lake, I came over and asked what I could do to help you guys get set up. You know, everybody asks that. And what do you tell them? Um, just stand back and watch me push a button. <laughs> I think it's funny how you, you always walk back and you just stand there. And so how does that work? Does that, does do you push a button for each side or do you just put set down and it? it no, nope. there's yeah. a, it comes with a key fob. There's a little transmitter right on the side of the house. You got to be fairly close. It can be temperamental, but you have a key fob that says up and down. It and is, does it have limit switches on it where you got to hold it, or do you just push it and it knows you, when to stop? You hold the button, and it'll go. It'll keep going forever, but the hydraulics, you can hear it change. I mean, it's very it's very easy. Anybody could do it. You pull. To, to drop the house, if you're hooked up, you unhook the two chains. You pull, unplug the lights, flip the tab on the tongue lock up, and then you push a button. It's definitely a nice feature. I'm, I, I think, and I could be wrong on this, I'm pretty new to the ice ice castle and glacier game, but I'm pretty sure most of the tandem axles are now starting to come with that as... I know all of the glaciers do. I would be surprised if all tandem axles don't come with it. Now, do you do you have any... Is there anything about the, the hydraulic system that, that you're kind of thinking of, like, oh, I got to check this or I got to do that? Because I've seen security camera footage of like an ice castle with hydraulics on it maybe it was a glacier i don't remember i'm not not trying to single one of them out but the security camera was watching the house and the hydraulics blew a line and the one side of the house that the hydraulic blew a line on just all the way to the ground just immediately it was not slow it was not graceful it just slammed down onto the ground have you have you thought of any of that stuff yeah i mean everything's pretty well made one would hope but I don't know. It's never been a huge concern. Stuff's going to break at some point. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's a crank, your rope could break. If it's hydraulics, you could blow a line. Granted, one's probably a bit more expensive than the other, but... So one thing Jacob actually pointed this out, and I agree with him 100%. He said he it's it's weird that... And maybe they do. Maybe we're both wrong. Um, but like on the, on the wheelhouses, the single axes with the cranks... There's a pin that you put in, and that pin 
if the the cable or the strap were to break that holds it up it would not matter because that pin would be in place to catch the house is there any safety measure on the hydraulic system yeah it's on the tongue it's a huge i don't know it's probably a three-quarter inch pin that you once you're all the way raised the pin basically locks the drop frame to the tongue so it cannot okay so it, it's drop. not possible for you to be driving down the highway and your hydraulics no. to let loose in your house let down okay so we were both both wrong then we did yeah you if if you blew a line your house wouldn't fall but you wouldn't be able to pull the pin to drop it so you have to fix my it understanding you, sure okay because that was my thing you know I, I want eventually. I want to have a, a a twenty foot glacier, very similar to what you have. Haven't quite decided on the toy hauler or the non toy hauler version, but I don't trust people enough to leave my house sit out on the lake. I want to pull it back and put it somewhere where I know it's going to be safe, and I'll bring it back, you know, the next weekend. But that's what worries me is you know going out every single weekend. You know, I, I don't know if there's. And maybe that's not an issue at all, and people don't think of that. But have you have you ever thought of anything like that, where you're like, "Oh God, I'm gonna be setting this thing up and and raising it and lowering it all the time. I should probably either take a look at this or." Well, there's really, I mean, it's a pretty simple system. You can see all of the all most of the lines. You can you can see them behind your wheels. So I usually every time that I move it, I check those and just make sure there's not a puddle of hydraulic fluid or you know something doesn't look wrong or pinched, but. Um, I also was under the, you know, I, when I got it, I was thinking, well, I'll just pull it back to somewhere I know. Once you set that thing and you leave it for a weekend, then you go back and everything's set up. You just got to punch your holes, turn on your heat. You're good to go. It's pretty convenient. You, you probably will end up leaving it. I probably will. And, and that's one thing I will say and knock on wood. I have not heard of a lot of wheelhouse break-ins this season. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's just another one of those things where at some point it may or may not happen. Um, I don't I tend not to leave anything in there. I guess there's a TV in there that's mounted to the wall. Uh, well, I've heard of, of, of some people that actually leave the doors unlocked. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, if, if you're going to go up to it and try and get in it, I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, I'd rather you get in it and see, oh, there's nothing in here to take than take a crowbar to my door and cost me, you know, whatever my insurance deductible is to find out that, Oh, Hey, there's nothing in here. Yeah. I thought about that. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you try not to think about until you have to think about it. Well, while we're on the topic of your ice house, I've got a couple more questions for you and then we're going to move on to, uh, you and I, we've been out fishing together here locally the last couple weeks. So we'll, we'll get into that as far as ice conditions and snow and, and a fishing report. But, uh, so one thing that I was curious on, so when you set it and you leave it, you know, do, are you bringing your propane tanks with you to fill them up? Or, or my, my two questions, one is what's your propane life? And two, with that toy hauler ramp in the back, I've heard or just read on different forms and stuff that, you know, people say that that toy hauler ramp makes it, that heater is going to be working harder and it's not going to stay as warm because you're going to have airflow or like if it's windy, it's going to be cutting through that ramp because it doesn't seal up as good. And, and you being, you've had it and I've known we've fished in it when it's been 10, 15 below zero. How would you answer those two questions? Uh, as far as propane life, obviously it varies greatly with weather, wind and all that stuff. Um, what's your average? So I'd say, I've, so I have two 30 pound tanks. I can usually get three weekends out of it and I, I keep it warm. Like I'm not, it's, I'm comfortable. I'm sitting in a t-shirt. I don't want to be cold. That's why I bought the house. So it's, it's definitely warm in there. Um, dealing with propane has been, I don't know, it's been easy enough. I've dealt with propane for many things before. So this is no, no different. Do you have to, so do you have any gauges on your tanks to where you can tell if you're running out? And then if you do run out, do you have to, cause I know my parents have a, uh, wolf pack fifth wheel. It's like the pack 12, I think is what it's called. I could be wrong on that, but that one has a propane system in it where there's two 30 pound tanks, one on each side. If one of them goes out, we have to go out and physically turn a dial to, we don't have to open the tank. Both tanks can be open, but when we want to switch, 
we have to turn a dial which tells the system, hey, we're going to pull from the left tank instead of the right tank. So mine's similar in that it has a dial like that, but mine's automated. So it's got an arrow on it. So you point to whichever tank you want it to use first. And then when that tank runs out, it'll automatically switch to your others. So you don't have to do anything. I usually will run my forward tank because they're on a V. I'll open that one and I'll leave my other one closed. So if I notice heat's going out, um, well, I just, I open my other tank and then I know I'm at 50%. I don't have anything to measure it. Um, I've seen a lot of things where it's, it magnets to the bottom of the tank and Bluetooth to your phone to give you a reading. I will be looking into that in the future. But as of now, I just leave one tank closed, do whatever I'm doing. When I notice the heat's going out, uh, I'll turn the other tank on and I'll bring the empty one up to fill. Uh, you kind of get a gauge after using it for a while. Like, Hey, I've used it for a weekend now. It's, I used it last weekend. It's Saturday night. I'm probably getting low. I usually open that second tank just so I avoid the 2 AM. It's absolutely frozen in here situation. You, uh, you touched on the Bluetooth tank gauges. We have some that my parents have in their camper that they're not Bluetooth, but they're, they're battery powered. And there's actually two gauges that we use double-sided tape and put them up on the, the wall right by the door. So you just go up to them, push a button, and then it tells you. But I, I don't think that they would work very well in an ice house setting, being that it's, it's cold outside. Yeah. I'll be looking into something like that. So hopefully we can figure out uh, a little better situation in the future because I'm all about convenience. Uh, as far as... The quote, the quote that he gave me last weekend was, if it's not... Correct me if I'm wrong. If it's not convenient for me... I'm not going to do it. Bingo. <laughs> That'd be a cool North Bro sticker. Yeah. If it's not convenient, I'm not going to do it. So I got a hydraulic ice house. I got a new auger. Uh, everything's electric. All I got to do is charge batteries. There's no gas. There's no propane to mix. There's nothing to... All I got to do is keep batteries warm. Makes it pretty easy. Um, as far as the back door, I I haven't had anything different to be able to tell you if it's more or less efficient, but I don't, I've never noticed anything that's getting cold. Like I've never noticed that the door is very cold. You know, once the house warms up, it's, it's just as warm as any other walls. Um, there is a steel frame that surrounds the door that will frost up when the windows frost up, but it's an ice house with propane heat. I don't, there's really not much to avoid that when it's negative 20 degrees outside. And that weekend that we're talking about when it was negative 20, uh, it is currently February 6th, and that would have been, I believe, two weeks ago. Yep. Well, last weekend, was, last weekend it was pretty cold. I didn't have it out, but it was two weeks ago, and it was, I think the high was negative five. So. And I remember sitting in there with you um, when the, that, that back door was kind of frosting up on the edges. But when it's that cold, I mean, something. Yeah, there's I mean, not a whole lot that you can do to keep, you know. They're not. They're made to keep you warm, but it is. It's not like a house with the insulation like a house. I have seen a lot of people will uh, hang a magnetic blanket about back on that back door. That's something you could look into, but I haven't noticed that I've needed it. No, other than that, I mean, you got to deal with the frost issue. But other than that frost, I mean, there's. I mean, it, it doesn't get cold back there. The wind wasn't cutting through at all or anything like that. No. So with that, we'll kind of get into our local fishing updates. Um, and I guess if, if I were to use one word to describe it, I they're honestly pretty tight. I would say consistent, but I'd also say slow. Yep. Because the consistency, I mean, you're going to catch fish. You're going to catch what, what, what I've been finding has been, you know, bluegill and northern and yeah. perch you're seeing fish but they're not biting correct it seems like they're in that lethargic you know some people would re re compare it to like the october lull for for deer hunting just kind of this mid-february it's cold outside they're they're not really really active but what we have been finding and wick so you you've you ran around a lot this last week and we were not we, we've been around the detroit lakes area um and we went and tried a new lake that we haven't been to before Got a really good report on it. And, I, you know, we've only been there once, so we can't really, 
you know, indulge too much on that. We can't really say, like, oh, this, like, sucks. We'd probably have to give it another shot because we did see fish. Yeah, it was a lot of guessing, and I I wouldn't say we were necessarily set up. We were set up on what looked like good spots on a GPS, but then when you get there, there's you're missing that rock or that good weed or whatever you're trying, you know. The, the weeds under the water. Yeah, you're missing that part <laughs> where where the 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 map makes it look good but the lake itself needs something there's always something missing and the depths that we've been in we've varied anywhere from you know i I would say pretty consistently it's been that 14 to 25 yep and and you ran around and did some hole hopping this this previous weekend when we were out yeah just trying to find some crappies couldn't couldn't find crappies found a lot of small perch uh a couple other thanks for that pike you're welcome that, that first spot we set the house up in, uh, it was 17 feet deep, and we weren't seeing nothing, and Wixel pulls out this, what? It's my noisemaker. It's a um, rip and wrap. Is that the one that has that rattles and you pull it? It's a, it's a summer lure. It's like a lipless crankbait with BBs in it, basically. Yeah, and he pulls that thing out, and he just starts reefing on it, and out of nowhere, here comes this little pike, which we did catch the, I caught the pike small but i would say he was what a 12 inch 12. bike yep. a really really little pike but he came in he he came in to see what that noise was all about and then he absolutely crushed it's my dead stick it was the most aggressive strike in a while i think it might actually be the most aggressive one we've seen all season yeah and yeah i mean he he came flying in from who knows where and didn't even he, you know sometimes they'll come in they'll look at it they'll swim by and they'll loop back around no this guy came in and he just absolutely crushed it. Fun, but it was a pike, and <laughs> we were just about to start making some food, so I didn't want to touch it. And I did catch more fish than Wixo did. We had a slow day. I was the only one to catch a walleye, though. Yeah, but how big was it? I don't want to disclose that information. I want to say it was like six inches. Yeah, it was pretty small, <laughs> but it was a walleye. And I say that pike is a minus one. And then I caught a perch, eight-inch perch. So it was pretty. It's kind of how it's been all over. Yeah. And we went out this past weekend. We went out on that was Friday. That was Friday. And then Saturday I went out again, uh, and we went to another lake that we have fished a lot this winter. And we did. You know, see, this is where the consistent comes in because we've consistently caught fish. I mean, we probably caught. I don't know. 50 60 little tiny bluegill Mm -hmm. i mean it's consistent in the aspect that you you're gonna catch stuff but what you're gonna catch most of the time i mean you'll you'll you will find them i mean a lot of guys with pan optics they'll go around and find them i actually was talking to a guy uh last night or this morning he was up somewhere i don't even remember where he was at but he was out with his live scope and he was he found the fish but even when they got set up on top of them same thing that we we're doing, but they just won't bite. Yep. It's been a tough couple weeks. This weather, I don't think, is helping very much either. I thought for sure that Saturday was going to be good. I mean, it was the first time in a long time that we were up into the 30 degree, 25, 30 degrees. And we, again, we, we saw plenty of fish. We saw um, perch, bluegill, and I, uh, northern. And then I, we saw a couple walleyes too. And Jacob and Micah, they're going to be on um i think next week's episode they'll be on but they were out there and i'm not gonna dive into too much of of their adventure that they had but they ended up pulling a 120 inch walleye out of where they had the wheelhouse set and when when that story gets told it it, that that fish was was uh a very highly praised fish he was released to swim another day because these lakes that were on they got a strict slot yep but uh but yeah so minnesota season here closes Looks like we've got one, two. We have three weeks. Three weekends. So are you going to be getting out any more this season, or are you about ready to hang it up? No, I should be getting out a few more times. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting pretty antsy to get the boat back out and uh, do some spring fishing, but I'll definitely be out at least a couple more times this year, hoping to get out the next three weekends in Minnesota and then maybe a, a time or two in North Dakota. I bet we'll be fishing well into March. Oh yeah, North, there's a lot Dakota. of ice. We got a lot of ice. I think the 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 snow conditions that we were on, I had a snowmobile doing just fine. That wind that we had a couple weeks ago on the lakes that we were on anyway was brutal. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, before we had that wind, you could get around pretty much anywhere with a four-wheeler. And I'm not saying you can't. You still can. I saw two guys this last weekend when I was out. They were running around with uh, side-by-side, or not, sorry, not side-by-sides. Two four-wheelers, one with a snowplow, but no tracks or anything, and they were making it just fine. You just got to watch out for the drifts. Yeah, we've been lucky in our area that the the snow hasn't been so bad. Um, seen a lot of people running around with pickups, a lot of people with wheelers, no tracks, and most of them are making it. You just got to, yeah, you got to watch out for the drifts. You got to watch out for the slush pockets, but it, it can be done where a lot of, a lot of Minnesota and North Dakota, you can't say that. So we've been, we've been lucky in that regard. All right. We got to tell the story about uh, la- last weekend, not this previous weekend, but the weekend before. Yeah. So two weekends ago when you and I went out. Yeah. So Nick found a pretty good spot out on the lake, said there's a road that gets close so let's try to get the wheelhouse out there. And this was the day that we had all that wind. This yeah. This is the day we were dealing with that 30, yep. 40 mile an hour gust. Friday at noon when the wind was at its worst. And uh, we made it out, made it on the lake, no problem. Lots of lots of roads plowed. Um, got We had to go past farther than one of the big towns out on the ice. So we made it past that. And then there were the road starts to drift in a little bit. So we made it through a couple. Um it was actually pretty easy. Got well, it. Because I came and grabbed you on the snowmobile, and we both were kind of like, well, let's just go run this path. Yeah. We'll see, which, how, see how far we can Looking get. back on it was probably dumb because we're on a snowmobile, so we can. But we were also gauging. You know, we were looking at the sides of the road. We could see it. Yeah. You, and we knew how much snow roughly was, was there. You can see where the drifts start, and you can see how big the drifts are. And usually, you know, usually it's not so bad. But we made it a ways down. And then we had one big drift that may may or may not have made it. Tried. I think it, it wasn't how deep the snow was. It, it was, was how long the drift was. And yeah. it, it was probably, what, 10 yards? Oh, yeah. It was it was a good ways. Enough that uh, we we didn't figure it would make it. So we decided where we're at was, was pretty good. We'll just turn, pull out on the snow, off the road a little bit, across some snow, which didn't seem very deep out onto the brake line and that we were to trying be to fair, sit on. It wasn't very deep. No, it wasn't. Uh, we made it, a, I made it about, I got the house off the road about 10 feet, and then the house said, I'm not going anywhere. She stopped, truck was stuck. So that's, that's uh, sometimes that's just how you decide where you're going to put the house down. The, the going joke that uh, that weekend was, well, yeah, we uh, we just set the house up. When the truck got stuck, and that's where the house wanted to be. Yep. And did you did you end up catching anything out of there? Because we were again, we were on a good point. It was we were right on right on a break line of of twenty feet, going down to thirty five feet, and it was it was a point off of a big flat, where if you went twenty yards up the you know up the point, you were in five feet of water. Yeah, uh, we caught some fish out of there. Uh, it was one small pike right at sundown. Uh, and a couple rock bass right after sundown. Now, most of the day was spent fishing out of portables running around. So could we have caught more? Maybe. I don't know. Um, we did catch a few. It was just another one of those weekends. We saw more fish. We had pike come in and not hit. We had walleyes come in and not hit. Is what it is. That's why it's called fishing and not catching. Yeah. Most of my Saturday was spent shoveling. So... Oh yeah, that was my other thing. I forgot. I had one more thing to say, and that was was what it was. Uh, when you do buy a four wheeler, whatever you buy, are you putting a plow on it? For sure. Because yeah, you you ended up shoveling, not to get your truck out because your pickup made it just fine. Yeah, the pickup got out, but I needed to shovel so I could get the pickup back in, basically to hook the house back up. And you shoveled a lot when I pulled, yeah, because I was out on the portable all day, and I ended up coming back in the evening before I left. And it, to me, it looked like somebody came into the plow truck. I'm like, oh, did, did, did you uh, grab a plow truck? Nope. Nope. Had a shovel. I shoveled. How long did that take you? Most of Saturday. <laughs> Most of Saturday afternoon. I fished the morning. I fished Saturday evening for a few hours. And I stopped. It wasn't all day. But it was, it was definitely several hours. Well, that kind of wraps up. Um, what what 
my season has been so far. I know throughout the last couple of weeks, it's been Devil's Lake talk, and now we're kind of getting back into local stuff. Again, three weeks of season left. Uh, we are going to try and get out in North Dakota. Uh, for sure go down and hit some of those pike lakes down yep. south. And I think we're going to do a lot of tip-ups. We're, we're definitely going to be on wheelers and snowmobiles by that point because by that point it's it's, it's going to be warm. It's going to be 30 to 40 degrees outside. But the nice thing about it being that warm is you don't need uh, a house. And if the, if the wind is blowing, you can set it up. We've done it before. We'll kind of see what, what the plan is for for the rest of the season here. Uh, we are still tentatively planning on a Devil's Lake trip. Uh, we're looking into it for sure. We haven't we haven't fully decided. We haven't even actually talked to the rest of the people that we're, we're talking about coming. But we're, we're definitely thinking about it. I think it'd be fun to get back up there at least one more time this year. And before we know it, it's going to be time to get the boat back out. Yeah, looking forward to that. You got any any big fishing trips that you're planning on taking the, the boat uh, early spring here? Or? Uh, not yet. I'm trying to figure something out. It'd be nice to get it out on. It'd be nice to make a trip to one of these rivers when they open up. But I'd like to also get up to get back up to Devil's Lake in the boat when the ice comes out. Um, hopefully, we can make make some weekends out of it this year. Didn't get to use it much last year, so. And have you started looking for wheelers yet? Or are you holding off on that for a little bit? Uh, I got a pretty big event coming up that we got to get out of the way first. Then it'll be. Yeah, before it was Jacob's spending money. Jacob's wedding. Now it's it's Wixo's wedding. Yep. Once we get that out of the way, then we'll be looking. But hey, it's in June. It's coming. Yep. It's not far. <laughs> Lots of time. Well, you got anything to close out with? Nope. I think I said it all. Alrighty. Well, good luck to everybody getting out there and enjoying the last couple weeks we've got of uh, good fishing here. And before you know it, it's going to be time to get the wheelers out. And as always, keep an eye out on our uh, Instagram page and Facebook page. Uh, Wixo and I were going to do a video this last weekend, but you know, there wasn't much to watch. Yeah, we got an intro, and that was about it. Yeah, that was it. We didn't really catch much. But All right, guys. Well, thanks again for the support. Uh, following us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, and hopefully we'll have more YouTube videos coming up here this year. We're trying to get some more hunting videos and stuff out. But for now, that's going to do it. So until next time, we'll get back to you.